I'm Mel. And I'm Tosh. And welcome to another episode of Mahogany Mammology, an online dialogue pertaining to the concerns and carefree parenting of Black motherhood. And this week, we want to recognize Dr. Carrie G. Dixon. Um, she was actually recently installed as the Elizabeth City State University's 12th Chief Executive Officer and its 7th Chancellor. Dr. Dixon holds a bachelor's degree in communications and public relations from North Carolina State University, a master's degree in speech communications and rhetoric, am I saying that mm-hmm. right? Rhetoric um, from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. She also holds a doctorate of education from North Carolina State. Her and her husband have two daughters, and, um, you know, there, there's a lot to say about uh, Dr. Dixon, so her um, bio link will be in the show notes. And congratulations, sis. That's Congrats. a huge, huge, huge honor. For sure. What are we talking about today, Tosh? Oh, my child. Uh, <laughs> so... And recent news, once again, is showing the challenges of being and living Black in America. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. The untimely deaths of Bolton John and Atatiana Jefferson, both in their 20s and both killed by police officers, has sparked outrage in the investigation process when it's one of their own. As Black parents, we've felt that con- we've felt to have these conversations about race and race relations um, they occur far too young for the mind to even process, or so adults think, right? Yeah. How do we, as Black adults, not only teach children, teach these lessons to our children when we struggle with our own challenges with the justice system? So today we're going to dive into teaching your child justice while you fight injustice. So I know there's probably whole sort of emotions in regards to recent news with the young lady out in Fort Worth. Again, the nation is watching. And as I, you know, as a black mother myself, you know, I'm looking, um, it's not a sense of heightened awareness. It's like, let me see this truly pan out and not so much for trying to find justice, you know, it's like, okay, let me see the cynical person because I'm still an individual. The cynical person in me is just mm. kind of like, all right, let me see how low of a sentence this person is going to get. Mm. You know, again, just another visualization to let me know that, you know, my life is uh, not important. important and is less than that of the majority. You get more of a sentence if you... uh Unfortunately, murdered a, a pet, I guess. Yeah. 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 And so, again, this is just another situation where we find a black person killed at the hands of a police officer. So, to me, these are no longer isolated events. If you are seeing all of this pop up all across the nation, mm-hmm. then this is an ed- epidemic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, you you want to tackle the idea of defining social injustice and what that means to you, and you can honestly unpack it. That's ju- that's a that's a mouthful of a question to even ask. Yeah, it, it's a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, well, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, 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 absolutely. It's a lot in the sense that social inju- your definition of social injustice might be is gonna might be different than mine. 
you know? Yeah. And, and so from just the general standpoint, different traditions and theologies place emphasis on aspects of social justice that best fit their own, you know, worldview mm-hmm. about things, right? So from addressing social structures and political systems, we are whoever identify and try to find space to assist in what is priority and how you can be of assistance in um, reducing and or alleviating, you know, said concern or issue. So, yeah. That's just, that, and that is a one definition of social injustice. Again, it's it's layered because you've got, you know, systematic things. And, but so, it, it's, I feel like with the recent events, there's this feeling of, Excuses. Mm-hmm. I shot said person because, and the excuses <laughs> are, or reasons are just like, why would you do that? Like, why would you shoot someone if you're doing a welfare check? Mm. Well, yeah. You know, and so the you know, defining of social justice or injustice, uh, uh, defining of social injustice and why people are upset is because we're tired of the... Yeah. It's also America, being black in America. You know? I feel like it's being black anywhere, but that's a whole different topic. Sure. We can, only, we can only speak to where we but, live. Yes, yes. But I think people are just... There's a larger number just constantly growing of, do you see this? Do you see this next excuse? Like, why is this okay? And I think also the conversation changes as far as how we um, portray the victims, unfortunately. Before, mm, we victimize the victim. Before, we were, we, or the media, I should say, look at me, I feel like Hotep Tasha about to come on. Oh. <laughs> you know, the media... Black, had, black women sketch comedy. <laughs> had, Sorry. Um, had this portrayal of victims being killed by the at the hands of police as um, somewhat negative. This person, you know, essentially is portrayed as a thug, quote unquote. You know, yes, when we they think about it, they, they you had know, there's arrest warrants. Exactly. They, there was a, there was, and even most recently with Miss Jefferson, they're trying to say, you know, she has a gun in her house. Well, well <laughs> this is Texas. Lovely, what you want? Yeah, the state of Texas, um, and there's other states that so, have the carry so, the carry law. So the question is, so why are you portraying her having a firearm in her home as a negative thing? Where you know Joe Schmo from Cleburne may have. Uh, may have several, may have a whole cabinet (laughs) of it. And, you know. He gets arrested and goes down. You know what I mean? It won't won't be portrayed as such um, a cause, a due cause for, you know, death, whereas where it it typically is, whether it be firearm possession or even marijuana possession, less than three ounces or something like that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's just things like that. Yeah, there's something of an illegal nature that is used as again as an excuse to shoot mm-hmm. you, right? Where, it, yeah. I know. But so yes, and there, so, there's so. that. And um, I, you mentioned it earlier as you were talking about the topic, but I just feel like it's so hard. How do you teach someone younger than we are? 
about this when we're still unpacking it ourselves? Like, we're basically trying to figure out how do we teach our children how to be just, if you will, in this unjust world? Sure. Currently, you know, I'm, I mean, and then we we can sit here and talk about, you know, oh, you know, obey the police, and nothing wrong with obeying the police, but you know, you you teach them to do the right, quote unquote, right things, and then when you're doing the right things, you still get shot. There's a lot to, um, uh, I don't want to say unpack. There's a lot of um, tentacles mm-hmm. intertwined in trying to. Um, educate your child in in the injustice and trying to be just because it's we're trying to compartmentalize it and there's so many other factors that feed into social injustice yeah racism you know um educational disparity um Class, ageism, all of it, really. I was saying prison, school, the prison pipeline. Pipeline to prison. You know, that pipeline of prison. So so there's so much to feed into that. And I think we're trying to really isolate it, and it's hard to do so, right? And we are, as adults, trying to spruce that out. We can't. Um, You, honestly, I'm like— you learn a little bit, and then you 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 in turn try to teach your child. True. And so the question might also be on top of that. Well, how young is too? How I was young? Say. Yeah. How young? You know, do you want to teach that? In our previous episodes, we've we've had these kind of conversations, right? Yeah. And the overall consensus was that I mean, it is too young anyway, but we need to teach it to them anyway. You know, um, being kids. So the thought was like, we we want, as black moms, we want to try to have our kids just be kids in the innocence of childhood and things like that. But it is, society honestly is kind of closing in on our childhood. Allowance to do that. Yeah. 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 Allowance to do that. So, you know, how young is too young? I don't honestly at this point after this I don't I don't think any any age is too young at this point. Mm. And 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 that's just me in my honest opinion because I honestly want my child to be although they're going to be educated and well, and well versed in in their society and you know of course they're in a school that cultivates who they are and celebrates who they are but you know at some point, just being black, they have to step out of that bubble. And so it's like, okay, um, how can we, how can I do that? I don't know. I don't know. But I was I was going to say, oh, yeah. one facet is teaching your kids about racism, right? Yeah. <sighs> um, and then one, when I was doing my research, I found that one of the questions was, you know, is 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 my is it too young to talk about race? Are kids too young to talk about race? And some of the things that um, I found, and I'll put that link. Um, it was from Facebook, and they have the resources. So it was from generally gen, journally articles. 
um, where they said at birth, babies look equally at all phases of all races. That's fine. You know, yeah. baby, baby comes out with a clean slate, essentially, <laughs> as they should. And then at three months, babies look more at faces that match the race of their caregivers. So that's, you know, that's just general human development. Mm-hmm. They're trying to look for familiar, you know, things. Thing about, that you know, yes. that will help comfort their needs, right? Yeah. And then at two years old, children as young as two use race to reason about people's behaviors. Um, But what's most um, interesting was that by 30 months, most children use race to choose playmates. Interesting. So, you know, if, and we've kind of, and the other tentacle of this is, you know, how, how, we want the best education for our children, and sometimes, unfortunately, you know, some of that best education may leave them as being the token <laughs> in their in their classroom. True, so, true. You know, as they grow up, and, you know, if you continue to, you know, have this child stay in the stay in the school or class or whatever, and 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 they are a token, or they're very few. Basically, they're saying they're more likely to choose. I can see that. Which, I, I, yes, I, I mean, think it, it is what it is. How you yeah. how kids grow up together? How you, yeah. Um, had had you ever heard of the Jane Elliott Blue Eyed Project? I have. Ooh, I, I watched that like a couple of years ago. Um, if it's the same experiment where where she it was like I mean the project technically it. was done when we were kids. Yeah. And this is out of New York, and I don't know the name of the school, but it was a teacher who was trying. I think it was it. Say, there's somebody was shot. It was on the heels of either something happened in America from a racial perspective, and this uh, Caucasian teacher was like, you know what? I need to teach these kids the difference in race, but the kids didn't really know or understand. So she basically put a collar, a colored collar on the kids who had brown eyes or blue eyes. I think she did blue eyes first. No, brown eyes. She did brown eyes first. And then she had the kids who had blue eyes be mean or what have you, don't sit with them. Um, And then she reversed it. And then she asked the kids how they felt. And I think it really didn't happen like in minutes. Like she either took like a week's time to do it. Um... And I think it's interesting because some of it's taught racial behaviors and how to treat mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think that's where the the shootings or this idea of, you know, we're trained to shoot to kill or um, the, the shooting of, you know, going from a welfare check to shooting somebody. How are we treating people is what I'm getting at. And would this police officer had done the same type of steps if if he were not in such of a neighborhood? Of course not. <laughs> I was like, I will emphatically <laughs> say, of you course know. not. But this goes back to how we are, I'd say we're trained, but brought up, trained. <laughs> what's going, like, it either starts from an early age on something true you know or what are we doing in our academies and i know there's other mm, things there's so yeah, much of it yeah I, was just saying, nah. I mean yes part of it as far as schools and stuff but 
you also have to think at one time, and I'm I'm taking it way back, at way back. At one time, we were a piece of someone's property, right? And so it's like now, you know, after so many years, you've tried to humanize a piece of property. <laughs> and um, I feel like, you know, just that, just that tone, you know, like if you were like a part of the majority and now I've got to treat this piece of property like like a like a fellow equal like an equal mm-hmm. um I'm going to have a hard time doing that and so I'm going to do th- and I'm going to pass that belief down on you know to generations and generations where they're going to see that where like you know you want to talk about the 30s and 40s and 50- I mean yeah no because we've only had equal rights, what, for the last six, 60 years? years. Six, yeah, 60 years. So it's going to take a while <laughs> to, not to be facetious in that statement. No, but it's good to make that statement because I think as— Because we, if, I, if I'm thinking about it correctly, we are technically the first generation that's not been segregated. Mm. Segregated as far as— Racial. Like we we are in a different type of social justice than our parents were. Maybe my parents. I was gonna say maybe a generation before us. Cause I think about my sister. Oh, okay, my bad. Who's probably about seven, eight years older than me. Oh, okay. And 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 so her birth was like late six, you know, or and people of the likes, late sixties, early seventies. Okay. Where they were like you know, forcing and doing integration and things like that. So what do you mean by, like, the first um, generation of racial, of not being racially segregated? I mean, yeah. what do you say? Like, well, how do I want to put it? Because yeah. um, we're having it. to do with it differently. Like, we're able, like, there's... We're able to, we're at, we're not necessarily at the table, but it's as if we have more seats at the table. We're able to make, we're able to make, we are making more changes. You know, this is new. This is still very new. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Because like, like you said, it's going to take time, like right? A, like a and black saying, leaning in. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I know you're like, now you're coining the phrase, but. This is like, this. there's no precedent. Like, this is very new. We're trying to do a, a lot of things yes. that have taken place. And it's not happening as fast as everyone would think, would like. <laughs> you know, technology, everything else is moving at the speed of light in our, in our lives, right? We look at our technology, you look at other, like, tangible things. But here we are dealing with the same some similar yeah. situations and I'm sorry I'm gonna have to use my parents but like you said your yeah, sister yeah, yeah, yeah. your sister had to deal with our parents had to deal with this is I mean this is different it <sighs> we're still doing the what same thing and, and and so the the question to explore okay. and and I'm not putting you on no, the spot no. but just just existential thinking what is different what is different essentially we're still kind of still fighting for that same seat at the table, right? And to to say the term, we're still fighting for that equality that we did 60 years ago. Whereas, you know, 60 years ago, that equality literally or the the 
the equality was somewhat forced because literally it was, it was like forced. yeah it was like Thursday there is no equality Friday we have Brown versus Board of Ed in there and we go and Friday it's desegregation so I mean like that it was kind of forced um on them on your parents yeah you know, that yeah. Ge- that generation of you know fifties late fifties sixties um but what is different about it like. Is it and and I think to your point where you're saying we're we're moving as a society in advances in technology and to help us um, live a more convenient life, but we're still stuck in our society, our fifty sixty societal way. So, like you said, you know, society changes are moving like a bullet train, but here we are, like Black movement is moving like a steam engine. <laughs> I mean, I hate yeah. to say, you know, I hate to put an analogy like that, but it's just slow. And you wonder bullet train versus steam engine. No, but I'm, I'm with ever, you. I see the, I see, I see the correlation. E- it's mm-hmm. never, you know, to me, I'm like, and this is in my cynical mind. When train A and train B do the train station. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's really what you're ever saying. going to. Are they ever going to meet up? Meet up? You know, <laughs> come on. Now, I mean, but literally, no, but from, yeah. from serious, I'm like, I've, been, I've, you know, I have been or my ancestors were were property for 400 years. And so now here we go, you know, literally 65 years later, 60, I'm sorry, 63 years later. And and like that is supposed to change overnight. No. Nah. Like, nah, dog, it's not. You're right, because we just barely got convictions. Because we just barely got convictions. You know? um, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's going to take at least another, at least another hundred years. You know what I'm saying? I'll be long dead, gone, and growing as the tree of life somewhere. And we're, you know what I mean? Steam engine versus, we're still going to be trying to catch up. yeah. So yeah. and, and so how and is so it how do that we, we how do teach we... our children to cope? Yeah, is that what we're really asking? Do we, I know? And the the just the the terminology of coping is settling. Yeah, yes. I know. I sound very like yes, dumpster downer. But I just you know putting that out there. No. So like you said, so what do we do? We like back in the late 50s and 60s, they take a stand. I mean, that's we got to start somewhere, right? So we have to start somewhere. And so I think as parents, we're taking a stand. I think the newer parents is, you know, parents is, oh my God, newer parents. <laughs> I was with you though. I, I know what you meant. Yeah. I was like, no, are, yeah. you know, taking a stand and modeling and reinforcing how they believe and showing that, whether that be racial injustice, whether it be human trafficking, whether it be, you know, immigration rights. Yes, I think we are using a lot more of the technology that's at our hands mm-hmm. um, to help make those changes. But And then, like we said, also, if you want to go to a rally— or a march or something like that. Honestly, bring your kiddos with you. Let them see. I see your point. Let them see that. This... I I see your point. Mm-hmm. 
I, but I think I think as parents, please make sure you have the conversations with your kids first. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't just you show know, don't up. Don't just yeah. show up and think, no, like, no, you can I have mean, the conversation right then and there. This is a there. lesson. Please. You know, yeah. like anything, like I said, as a black mother, this is a lesson, a conversation we need to have before, you know, even going to March. So it's interesting you bring up the um, going to Marches ahead of time. So I was reading, okay. and the article was, okay. uh, it, it's going to be in our show notes. Um I think it was like three ways you can teach your child social injustice. Um, And the author talks about somebody said, hey, why don't you demonstrate or have your children set up a protest in their own home about something in our eyes as adults, maybe minuscule, right? So um, I think it was using the toys as marchers and the child doesn't like I don't know snap peas right but the parent wants snap peas so you're trying to have this debate or what have you about the snap peas so you're trying to use something that the child understands Mm -hmm. and then using their toys and whatnot to then demonstrate what Honestly, what could possibly go wrong at the rally, but why there's either racism, racism or like protesting or things like that to okay. convey the message or yeah. have them, you know, participate at their level. Yeah, <laughs> if you no, will, I mean, it's quotes. a good. And I a, thought that was kind of a it, creative. It, it's a curriculum. Right? It's a problem okay. based, you know, and educators help fill me in. They, they love a good problem based. Um, <laughs> Y'all like good pro- project lessons. based learning. Yes. Yes. And clearly that is that is it. Um, so I, I thought that was cool. There's a book um, that I thought was kind of cute, depending upon the age of your your little one. Um, it's kind of like, you know, everything has an ABC book, you know, uh, but this one's called A is for Activism by it. Ino Santo Nagara. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, they said, I, I is for indigenous and immigrant. Together we stand tall. Our histories are relevant. An injury to one is an injury to all. And what I liked about the book from the sample pictures, I didn't buy it yet, mm-hmm. um, that one color, the variations of color, the variations of drawings, and the word choices used, I thought, were great for a parent to read to their little one. As the little one becomes a taller, they can start reading and having those types of conversations. So, um, no, they did not pay us for an ad. No, you no, know. no. But it just looks that interesting. It's a, you know, if you're looking for, you know, how do you kind of start having the conversation, but, like, not having the conversation. You're, like, trying to ease your way into it. Mm-hmm. Um, not wrong with a good ABC book. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, what are you, as a side question, what are your yeah. thoughts on just being a parent and showing your emotion in front of your child or reactions to situations as such? Botham John and... Tatiana Jefferson. I have not shown my emotions, so I'll use myself since it's like I know it's kind of a half hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or is it just a far fetched question? It's not far fetched. I think it's a great question for those of our listeners and momologists to definitely chime in on. Um, I didn't really even put my emotions out on Facebook 
A lot of people media. don't. Yes. Um, the the Bolsom John to a degree I did, but it wasn't until like after sentencing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was, I think I had to set the expectation with myself of what I was hoping for. I didn't want to get my my hopes up. I needed to to set the expectation of what could possibly happen with that trial. And I'm talking as far but as... But in terms of showing it to my child... Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I've not had the conversation. Um, it, it hit a little bit home for me mm-hmm. because... I'm going to put myself out there. Okay. Um, there have been times our door has been unlocked. Oh. Um, and so I've always felt that, man, and I know I'm going, I'm going to get, I'm going to get this. I'm going to, I'm going to get the stabbing right now on, from people, but man, that would, this is why I locked my door. What do you mean? Because part of me is like, that wouldn't have happened if his door was locked. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, like, I can see this happening is what I'm getting at. I can see how anyone can enter your home. I'm not saying the shooting part. I'm saying I can see how that happens. I can see how the door is cracked. I, I can see that. And so I think in terms of coming, also coming back, to full swing to your question of showing my emotions because of how my place of residence is set up is kind of slightly similar in terms of the type of door. Yes, yes. Um, it's similar yes. in this Absolutely. case. Mm-hmm. I've been more visual about door must be locked. Door must be locked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When we come in, door must be locked. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think that's changed me where I'm more visual before I was like, and eh, you know, door's locked. All right. You know what I mean? Like I would check it. Okay. I would do a double check, but I wasn't very vocally adamant. Okay. Diligent. Outwardly to the household. Okay. Whereas before I was like, okay, door locked. Like no one would, you know, you wouldn't, you would have never known me double checking that. Okay, so but now you're making a I'm, conscious. I'm effort. making a like it's conscious. Sure, it's like, it's, I wouldn't say conscious. I would say I'm more vocal. Okay, to the household, y'all tripping. Okay, so yeah, and I wonder will there ever be a point where. Like, say, like, you're talking to your son. You know, he'd be like, Mom, why why you always getting on me about opening this, you know, about making sure this door is locked? You know, will there ever, would that be a good segue into saying? That would be the come the segue, yes. You know. I have thought about that. Yeah, this is why. This is why. Case in point. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that I'd ever thought that a shooting would occur. I just was like, I, someone can come y'all. But case in point. When we don't, um, I think, I think what's in terms of like having the conversation, I think on both situations, um, knowing of your neighbor, and that has been a resurgence of of a subtopic. Yeah, I think this both and nothing, nothing that the uh, uh, Trina's neighbor. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name. Um, did was wrong. He did everything right. Yeah. 
But I think knowing your neighbor, you know, um, I know I've seen some people post on Facebook, you know, um, they they too were in that same neighbor's shoes one time, not with her, but with their own particular neighbor. And they went and just closed the door down. Or they called and left a message. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go back to, well, for me, it's like, okay, knowing knowing your neighbor. Now I have not, unfortunately, done anything about knowing my neighbor that well. But it does make me go, ooh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I maybe, appreciate. Maybe, maybe that that's kind of a good thing. That's not, it's not, clearly it's a good thing. It's a great thing. But, you know, to be a little bit more diligent, taking maybe that extra step of, mm-hmm. hey, neighbor, can I get your number mm-hmm. in case, um, you mm-hmm. know, if I hear something, you know, I want to make sure you're okay. You know, we I all, have, I, but every community is so different. With that. Oh, okay. Here's the thing with that. Tosh don't like her neighbors. I no 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 far not, from far it. from it. Um, sometimes I wonder if they listen to podcasts because they. I told them I host a podcast. Oh, I wonder if they do secretly. Um, it, it, I feel like you know we'd have a little bit more comfort. Um, if that village mentality or getting to know your neighbors. Was in a neighbor was in a a predominantly X kind of neighborhood. So I think about for full transparency, like I grew up on a on a small block, a smaller block in New York City, mm-hmm. which at the time when I was growing up was experiencing white flight. So then by early nineties, essentially my whole block, uh, uh, ninety ninety eight percent of my block was African-American. Okay. And, you know, they all knew the kids. Now, they didn't sit up there and, you know, have long-winded conversations or anything, but they knew whose child was who for for a couple of reasons. I think it was also the, in addition to knowing your neighbor, it was kind of the stability, the housing stability. Mm. You know, a lot, I was going to say, people didn't move off my block. Like, I can go back to my block now and, you know, people have, you know, come and gone, but like. There's probably one or two, a small core that's probably like. Like eight, like a good, you know, six to eight. They can catch you up real quick about what happened since you last were there. Yeah, like. Like like a soap opera. Like where you, you know, or be very happy like they haven't seen me in decades Mm -hmm. because I've grown up and moved out. Um, I just think, you know, I think families are being a little bit more transient. Yes, which we've talked about before. Which we talked about before, in, which in, the, in our to in that. our village. Not that it should make it like even if you are a transient family, um, you know, just just to make a note of, hey, how you doing? I'm the neighbor, you know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. your neighbors being kind to you, you know. So not yes, you going to make an effort. But my point, my mm-hmm. my original no, I'm point, with you. Okay. my original point being like. We find a little bit more comfort in that has have it been a predominantly African American block. Have it been a predominantly, you know, if it is a different kind of block, a non I don't know. I, I'm just saying I, I lived don't in know. a multicultural block and um well no one sat on the stoop per se, you know. We we're all front garage door facing community. People knew. Mm-hmm. You know, they they knew each other. You know, they knew who you were, who your kid, who belonged to which kid. 
And, you know, some if you did do something wrong, oh, yeah, there, trust, that call to that house would have been there. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like it, as what you're getting at, it's, we become more transient. And then we put ourselves into a little bit of a bubble and we've gotten busy. Yeah. Um, and unless he, you know, willing to step out and go, hey, something's going on next door. I'm not sure if they're home. You know? And then, you know, also there's the other element, say, living in an apartment complex, right? And you yeah. hear a scuffle, like, is that your first reaction to open a door and be like, yo, what's, you know, no. Like, it's no, no very not. You, you kind of have to understand the the neighbor's world, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so, unfortunate story. I know we're, like, going off topic, but to give you kind of the flip side of, of things, um, in an apartment we used to live in, um, upstairs neighbor would have parties all the time. All the time. Right. Um, and then, so we just, one night, it's quiet, but next thing you know, you hear a lot of scuffling and things going on. And I honestly just thought, there's just a party going on. So I just continued to watch television. Little did I know that person was being broken into. <gasps> like, legit broken into on Christmas Eve. Broke into. Okay. Was he? I was he or she in there? Or no? That's the reason. And I just thought they were because I heard voices. Oh. I heard scuffle. Like you know, I thought they like get you know shuffle. Yeah, doing you know doing the most. Like you know, honestly, like I thought she just had a lot like a big old party going down. Sure, uh, there wasn't really music playing. But then again, when you have people over, you're not always playing music, and maybe I couldn't really hear it. And then the next day, or no, it was two days later is when I found out, oh, no, that was that person was broken into. Damn, dog. So, I'm a, poor, I'm a horrible neighbor because I didn't call nobody. I didn't, I mean, no, I didn't leave that apartment door and go upstairs and go knock on the door. No, no. Because, again, I looked at the person's behavioral pattern. But we also don't want you to walk in on a robbery in progress. And I, can, and, but nor did I call anyone to complain about a noise complaint either. Mm-hmm. And nor did I call or text her because I didn't really have her number either to say, hey, could you tone it down? So, so basically, the boiling point to <laughs> say is to say it's communication, right? <laughs> that's that's always it our solution is. to it's every always. like communicate. So, <laughs> I, and I will say, I will share this. I do live in a very multicultural, excuse me, subdivision, and I actually really do enjoy my neighbors. Um, to the point, like we actually do nice things. Either you know, put oh. the trash or bake bake something for the holidays and pass it on. That kind of neighborhood. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> and um, but I will say, like they, my neighbors, when we first moved in, I was visibly pregnant, but did take a point to introduce mm-hmm. themselves to me. Oh, that's very nice of them. You know, yeah, they very well did. On you know, I live. Yes, on both sides, on both, you know, areas, in front okay, of me gotcha. and to the side of yes, me. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, and even, <laughs> and even the house next door. So, like, in that little, you know, uh, little curve. Cul-de-sac. Yeah, that little, they did. And 
I mean, although one family didn't stay there but six months, you know, they still made a point to just introduce themselves to me and talk and stuff like that. And, you know, um, I thought I thought that was pretty dope, being that it is a multicultural, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and living where I live, um, which is— I But it I'm, helps to do what? It does help to reduce those biases. Yes, yes. Because then kids get to interact. Yeah. Families get to interact. And so they will text me, you know, randomly, hey, you know, like one— one night, you know, my husband and his absent-mindedness, you know, left, left, um, what did he leave? The door open. The car door open. Oh. Yes. Yes. And, um. Was he on the drive or on the street with this, with the car? It was in the driveway. It was in the driveway. Oh, your opening was, so, was like, really he took, looking. He, you know, like, so you're in a rush. You know what I mean? You, I know, you get the yes. kids out, you take the groceries out, and you go in the, in the house and, and whatever. And he just forgot. And he, and legit forgot. And yeah, my neighbor texted me at like 10 o'clock, was like, yo, your door is still open. What's going on? <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> but you know what? I love that. You know? So I love that. But it could have went all the way south if what? Right, if you didn't. Right, it could have went all the way. All the way south. All the way the wrong way. If someone had made the call, police maybe would have misinterpreted who lived where. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, quote-unquote, excuse was going to get used. Sure. But you know what? That situation was, it was a situation that got immediately um, handled. handled through communication with your neighbor. Yeah. Period. That's it. You know what I mean? No, so, I agree. Um, I don't know. It's it's a double. It's it's catch twenty two with um the society and trying to be um not trying to be neighborly. That's not the word I'm looking for, but trying to really find and hone into that, creating that safe neighborhood village. So speaking of being neighborly. Okay. What are your thoughts on, like, these national night out programs as we interact with the police department and try to create these lovely community relations? Which all makes sense because you would think it would help reduce over time of the situations that have been occurring. But they don't. Okay. So, one avenue, let me answer that two ways. Okay. From a national night out perspective, you know, it's activities to um, essentially let kids know that they're community helpers, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the way I look at it, right? You, yeah. yeah. We've, got, we've got these community helpers in the neighborhood, and that's who they are. And I, I honestly look at think about it as superficial as that. Okay. That's all, that's all I think they're just trying to— um, do you have the you know good good times with the kids and blah 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 it's blah a block blah. party for the it's f- essentially a block the community party. block party yep the other aspect of it um, I'm uh, I don't know look at me I don't know you know how can I cheerfully interact with these community helpers knowing that. You know, there is that underlying tension with the community, with the African-American community. Anyway, I can let me just speak from that perspective, you know, 
how can I just cheerfully do that without honestly tackling this conversation of race relations with the African-American community and recent events? Are we not having enough, like, of these, I'll just say, community block parties? No, because National Night Out is a thing, right? It's a thing, but it's a once-a-year thing. Oh, or, okay. Is it not? Is I don't it know. Multiple? I don't know. I always feel like it's once a year. From from where we live, it might be once. I, I don't know. I okay. can't I can't talk on that. I definitely feel like there should be there should be conversations. Um not only race relations, but as far as um police dealing with just the not not um well, dealing with people of color and um What's the word? I'm like non-conforming. Yes, in a <laughs> non-conforming in a, in a, in a non-emergency, <clears throat> mm-hmm. non. I'm here on a, you know, just I'm just here. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we're walking around today. No big deal. Just we chilling. I know. And so, we're not looking for any trouble. We're just hi. How you doing today? Let's play with your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not knocking on doors or anything, but yeah, yeah. We're just you know we're patrolling the areas, but today we're just sitting at the park and just chilling. We're not as right. Right. How like you doing seen, today? Like we've seen Facebook uh, videos. With. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't feel like I see that a lot in our areas, but that's a. <sighs> Uh oh. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Okay. I should have done the video of her. No, no. No. Okay. I I get it. I get it. Do you feel like it's superficial? Um, it to me does portray kind of a white savior kind of deal. Oh snap. Okay. But I don't know. But to me, you know, God's working on all of us, and I'm I'm a very cynical, deep down, you know, deep down the rabbit hole kind of person, and I want to see and I want to see better. <laughs> That's all. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to see rosy, some somewhat rosy colored. But right now, you know, it, recent events, events in my lifetime that I've witnessed personally okay. and nationally, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, okay, okay. You know, if it makes, to me, at the end of the day, if it makes that child feel better, then I'm not going to be anybody's Debbie Downer. That's the bottom line to that. Um, as far as to answer your question, as far as National Night Out thing, um, they're definitely great, great block party for the kids to enjoy themselves, understand who community helpers are in their neighborhood, and even get to know your neighbors, right? Yeah. And then on the other aspect, though, I feel like there needs to be, we need to have just a little bit more intimate dialogue Um with our police officers and I will put first responders. I'm going to throw that in there because I had just hadn't. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to really understand how they, how to interact and deal with all types of people. I agree. So in my city, we do, they definitely have um, coffee with the chief. chief oh, I've seen, I've seen that advertised in different places. Uh-huh. And you can do it. You know they they do I think it. At McDonald's a was like a sponsor at one time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they they do it at the Chick Fil A and stuff like that in my yeah. neighborhood. Um, how and they and they do post it on the neighborhood forums and things like that. My suggestion at the time when they first started doing it was to have more than one because they would do it um, on a Tuesday at ten o'clock in the morning. 
at the Chick-fil-A. And so I was Still just like, side eye. and so what I said was like, you know, I don't mind you doing that. However, I would suggest you have one at like 630 in the night. <laughs> and that's all, mm-hmm. you know, that's all. And, and, and. And lo and behold. And long and behold. Okay. They I think they alternate times. So one month they'll do it at ten, next month they'll do it at six. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's all I have to say with my thank you for doing that. Um well, but I love that it. that scenario and even like I would say you know, say if you live in a big metropolitan area, New York City, Dallas, or something like that, where yeah. it might be—I I live in a smaller city, and where it may or may not be challenging to have that kind of thing, but going to the—or um, collaborating, not walking, but just collaborating with the local precinct in having something like that in the neighborhood. All right, now. Y'all ain't even taking notes. No, okay. I just I'm no no. I said they ain't taking notes. They not listening. That's because okay. I think about like I grew up in New York City. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm not walking to I'm, real talk transparency. I am not walking to the precinct for anything, right? For the fear that I may or may not come back out. <laughs> so, you know, let's let's let you know, let's get a group of us together, mm-hmm. not just an individual, you know, maybe another homegirl, homeboy. And let's let's try to have this at the local corner bodega. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like it. I like it. There's other ways small of— Small steps, that's Yeah, all. small steps of having—breaking down these social injustices and, and, in a family way. And then also the other thing I was thinking about is we have full curriculums, teacher curriculums— um, tackling racism as a teacher in the classroom and things yes, like that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, why can't we have something like that? Um, those kinds of e- quick, ugh, not quick, but somewhat quick workshops um, teaching your child, ju- in ju- teaching your child justice or, uh, you know, letting the child understand what's going on in society, you know, like current events, things like mm-hmm. that at your PTA meeting, uh, my school. Um, does parent workshops or parent, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Like we need to have those, you know, intermingling with the, resources. Absolutely, with the traditional, you know, um, managing time with your kids and homework and things like that. Like, yes, you know, practical ways. I love it. So, what say you, mammologists? <laughs> what what ideas y'all have out there? I hope uh, we've kind of given you some ideas instead of what may seem traditional, um, or what may seem what's mainstream, if you will. So, if you're stuck, um, we definitely want you to check out our additional resources and links in our show notes, where you can find more information about this and other topics, um, as well as, you know, continue the conversation with us through our listener comments and questions. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, of course, as well as our Facebook group. You can also email us at mahoganymomology at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Mel. And I'm Tosh. And we thank you for listening to Mahogany Mammology. Bye-bye.